light. I just want to talk to you about the kingdom of light. Because we all want to be light, don't we? The Lord had, had me on something this morning that was totally unrelated to this, but it is related, so I'm just going to go with that. Turn to Luke chapter 10. I think it was chapter 10. Nope. Where was I? Yes, it was. It's nine. I was close. I saw the 10. It was on the other page. All right. We're just going to ask the Lord to open up our minds right now. I always feel like it's good to ask the Lord for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. All right. So, Father, I thank you tonight. Thank you for your goodness. We just do ask for the spirit of wisdom, revelation to come to us and and, the, and the, un, the ability to see and hear from you tonight, that nothing would be disputed, that nothing would be uh, broken inside of us that we would be able to not be able to hear. And so, Father, we thank you. Open up our ear gates. Open up our eyes. We thank you that you give us the ability to see. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we bless every bit of the word of the Lord tonight. And thank you for your hand upon it. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. I'm going to give you a little running commentary on this first part, but it's okay. Ernie wants to share something. Do you? Come on. So, uh, this thing's about, uh, I got this thing that happened this week, and it was, uh, it was actually, you know, we all, we go through life, we, we meet people, and we hold back love, we, we're afraid to open up, we're afraid to, like, I've had so many hurts and so many things in my life that I just keep everyone like this, you know, and I don't love fully, I don't love wholeheartedly, and, and it's true, it's, and my wife knows it, and, but so, we're moving to wash and dry the other day, and I'm like, I, uh, I see this thing on the ground. It's just, oh, it looks like a little mouse. I'm like, what the heck is this? So I'm moving it, and it's still did not moving. And I, so I go up and I look at it, and the little ears was a little bunny rabbit, little baby bunny. So I'm like, I grab it, and I'm like, I just like, ah, it didn't move. It let me pick it up, and I go and tell my wife, I say, before you say anything, we're keeping it. I said, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Whatever, what's in my hand, I'm keeping it. You can't tell me I can't have this, and that's it. I'm like, the landlord said we can't have a dog or a cat. He didn't say anything about a rabbit. I'm like, I'm keeping the bunny. So, you know, all right, so I, I, you know, I get this bunny, and I'm just like, man. And right away, I just opened my whole heart to this thing. And I have not opened my heart to anything like this. And I don't even remember the last time, you know. And it was like, man, but, but we had her for, and I was feeding her with a bottle. And then, you know, she started eating food. And it was, it was just like this cutest little bunny. We called her Bella. And so, you know. She ended up dying. 
Um, you know, her mom pushed her away, and it was for a reason, you know. And we, the lady, the way we got the wash and dry from, she said, well, the mother pushed it away and didn't want it, you know. And so when I first saw it, I knew seemed, she seemed a little sick, but I was like, I was just so hopeful, you know. But it was just so awesome to love fully, you know. It was like, uh, I don't know, I, I've not opened my heart to anything like that in a long time. And, it, and God showed me. I learned so much in those three days because, you know, heaven and God, it's love, you know. So that little bunny gave me three days of a piece of heaven, you know, because I, I was, I had full love. My heart was like, it was amazing. Like, I don't even remember, like I said, I don't even remember loving something like that in so long, you know. And, you know, and it's just, it brought me to a scripture too. God showed me this, but he also showed me that we gave that bunny, like, a piece of heaven because instead of her getting pushed away and, and getting eaten or, or dying and starving like we were able to take her in and we just loved her you know so much it, it was so beautiful you know but in everything every good thing comes from heaven everything comes from the father above you know what i mean so that was it was a gift from heaven it was a gift to to open our hearts you know to teach us we we learned from it you know and it, it just brought me to a, um you know a scripture that, that um it's first john chapter four and he says but this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. You know, and, and so that's where, you know, it, God showed me, you know, you you got to receive my perfect love, you know, receive it without fear, you know, and love wholeheartedly. We got to love each other wholeheartedly because it goes on and it talks about if you, if you don't love, if you can't love your brother standing next to me that you can see, how can you love me? You know what I mean? That you don't even see, which is, it's so true and it was so powerful, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't know, it was just an amazing experience we had, you know. My wife and, and I, it was great. But, you know, it's just, uh, you just feel like God wants to let everyone know, you know, love with fullness. Love with a full heart, you know, because it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. You love each other wholeheartedly. I pass. You, you want to come up here? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, our past hurts and our past things, that's why God says don't look back. You know, we don't look back on those things. We don't hold on to those things. That's where uh, freedom comes. Freedom comes from forgiveness. Freedom comes from letting these things go and giving it to the Father. He says, take my yoke. You know, it's light and easy, you know. And so that's where, you know, just love fully. That's my real message tonight. That's good. You love me. <laughs> I feel the love from that guy. I don't know what he's saying. Totally does. Goodness of God. All right. Verse 28. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings. What was he saying? 
I'll tell you, I'm glad you asked. If anyone desires to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. This is what he was saying. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and himself is destroyed or lost? What's full love? That we deny ourselves, that we lose our lives for someone else. And so this is what Jesus was, was expressing to the, to the disciples, this, this beautiful scripture, which we think is a threat to our lives. But it's a beautiful thing that he speaks to us to just lay down our lives. Because even though he gave his life, we still have to give ours. We still have to lay it down. We still have to lay down things so that we can ask, actually have the fullness of who he is inside of us. And that's a hard thing, isn't it? Because all of us struggle because we want our will. You know, and the Lord's speaking about that. So this is what he was saying to the disciples, and then he'd come, and he, he says this to them. And so eight days later, divine new beginnings, he took Peter, John, and James and went up on a mountain to pray. And this is, this is continually coming to us, that God's wanting to take you up to a higher place. That the higher place is this place where we deny ourselves. The place of where we release, release everything that's ours and give it to him. And there's things that we put up as protection that we don't want to go to the high place. We, we want to stay down low. And God does not want you to have low-level living. He doesn't want you to live low. He wants you to live in a high place. Do you know that? He really does. He wants us to live in a high place where we see how he sees, where we live in the place where he lives, where we live out of the place of absolute pure love. We live in this place where God is releasing from our own lives the purity of who he is. Because if we know that we're seated with him in heavenly places, then that's the place where we live from. As I said before, it's not just a, a good scripture for us to remember and put on our refrigerator that I'm seated with him for identity reasons, right? But it's the reality of who you are. You're seated with him and in, in his perspective and looking from where he looks. If we just allow the Holy Spirit to come in and say, can you push over a little? Because really that's what this is about, allowing Holy Spirit in to push and allow us to just open ourselves up. So... He went up to the mountain and prayed, and he prayed, and the appearance of his face was altered. The, the, the passage in Matthew says that it shone like the sun, that it glowed. It absolutely, there was brilliance on who he was. And I think that Jesus was beautiful anyway. But I'm telling you, after this moment, all of a sudden, everything changed for how they looked at him and, and perceived him and walked with him, I'm going to say that as well. Because there's something about getting into the presence of the one who's put his gaze upon you. There's something about the beauty of who he is that will reflect on you. It doesn't scripture say that as we gaze upon him, we begin to look like him, right? As in a mirror, and then we look, and the glory of the Father is upon us. And so the more we do this, the more we begin to increase our lives on our gaze towards the Father, the greater an increase of glory will be on our lives. And the... So we just want to be light, right? Hashtag be light. We want to be light. We want to have the countenance of Jesus reflecting from our faces. 
We want the countenance of Jesus reflecting from how we actually talk and communicate to people. We want his nature to be reflected out, out, out of us, right? And so it says that his appearance was altered and his robes became white and glistening and the glory of the Father was all over him. So we need to see that this is heaven's strategy for your life, that as you become closer and closer to him, that as you continue in intimacy, you know who you are. The more I'm with him, the more I know who I am. The more I'm with him, the more I become like him. The more my life begins to actually be weaved together with his life, then I begin to look more like him. His life just being totally embroidered into mine. This is something that I received in prayer last week, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was on that, that he wants all the light that's inside of him to be weaved into my DNA. He was a human on the earth that glowed with the glory of God at this moment. And you can reflect the same thing in your life. And so it says this, that then, and behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease. Did you ever read that before? <laughs> they talked to him about the cross. <laughs> For some reason, I'm reading this again today, and I'm like, I miss that. How do you read scripture and miss stuff? Spoke of his death. Elijah and Moses were the motivators. They showed up, talked to Jesus, and said, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're here to release greater glory on your life so that you can go and do what I've called you to do. And I feel like this is what the Father says to all of us. As we enter into the presence, as we enter into the Shekinah, into the weighty glory, the Shekinah is the brightness of his glory, but the weighty glory is what? The Kabod, it's the weight of who he is. It's his absolute presence upon us, and we want to receive that so that we can walk into the place where he's calling us to what? Take up our crossing, follow him. See, we all want to, we all want to walk in the way that we've, we desire, but as a believer now, our rights are with Christ. As a believer now, my right is I have a right to follow him or have I a right not to follow him? Uh. I do. He's always going to give me a choice. Am I going to go to the way that he's calling me to, to see the Father or am I going the way that leads to death? I don't mean to be heavy on this, but I feel like the Lord gives us a choice that how does he want us to walk? He wants the church to walk in victory. And you know how victory comes? It comes one way, that we die to ourselves. It comes to the total death of the flesh. And it doesn't matter how many things we learn in this Bible, like, come on, knowledge, knowledge puffs up. But the Father wants us to really receive something by the Spirit, and he wants the glory of the Father on your life. And it comes through absolutely abandon, absolute abandonment. And so we're going to talk about how, how does this all of a sudden reflect on us? And how does the light of God, so he, so he appeared in glory and, and they spoke about his death and then 
and which, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. And then Peter said this. So it says, but, but Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. And again, we talk about Revelation because it says, when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. So absolutely, what's going on is they're sitting here while all kinds of things are going on around them. And we can be asleep while presence and godly and angelic activity is going on around us, and we can be completely asleep. And I'm not talking dreaming asleep. I'm talking walking people who are just not aware of things that are going on around them. And the Lord wants us to really engage with what God's doing. That's why he says, take up your cross and follow him. Because when I leave all the things that I want, and I give myself completely in abandonment to him, then all of a sudden my life begins to reflect that, and I'm aware of things that I was never aware of before. Because you're not self-aware. Here's what happens. We become so, so self-aware, even in the church, yes. We become aware of everything else other than God and his glory and his presence. And I feel like the Father is saying, he's, there's a cry from heaven that says, come up here. There's always that cry that says, come up here. Come and see me. Come and visit with me. Come and spend time with me. And he saw the glory of the two men and stood with him. And it happened that as they were departing, Peter said to them, Masters, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles. And see, we always want to try and contain and harvest and contain and make a home for the glory of God. When he won't, he won't be contained, <laughs> right? And not knowing what he said while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed him. And they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And there was a voice that came out of the cloud and said, this is my beloved son. And Matthew says, in whom I'm well pleased, hear him. And so we want his voice. We want his voice and we want to see him and we want to see who he is actually revealed as. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 says, therefore we have this ministry as we received mercy. We don't lose heart. But we've renounced the hidden things of shame and not walking in craftiness or, or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth. I said this last week, we're not set free by a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. By speaking in tongues. Although that may release something over your life, but I'm telling you it's truth that sets us free. And the Lord wants us to understand that. That when he said it, he meant it. That truth sets me free. It's the reality of who you are and who he created you to be. So it's but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing and whose mind the God of this age has blinded, and who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. Are you hearing what that's saying? Listen, there's a veil, and I'm telling you it's on 
every place that we believe, it's pulled off. But where we don't believe, I'm just going to say what this says, because it's the place where there is unbelief that we're veiled, that we don't see God for who he is, that the Father has not opened up our hearts to see. It's not the Father, it's you. Because why? Because of walking in craftiness, walking in different ways, walking in ways that we don't, don't embrace the cross, walking in ways we don't embrace the fullness of who he is, right? But lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, could shine on them. So we don't preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ and ourselves, we're bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it's God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Ready? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And I want you to know tonight that light rules. Light rules in the darkness. You have this earthen vessel and you have this treasure that's been put inside, that's been imparted inside of every earthen vessel in this room. That the glory of the Father is abiding and living inside of you. And, and the Bible says, how much light is inside of me? It's to the ability of where we walk in truth. And God wants us to open our eyes to truth so that we walk in the fullness of light. See, why do people perish? For lack of knowledge. Why do people perish without a vision? And the Lord wants us to open our eyes so that we have vision. This is why... This is why tonight I felt like it was so important to just begin to prophesy to the four winds because sometimes we lose hope on what we're looking at. Sometimes we, we got our eyes fixed someplace and God's bringing us to another place and we can't handle the transition. But God wants to bring light to rule in your life. See, in Genesis, it talks about that when the light and the darkness came, it says that the, they made a light to, to rule the day and stars to rule the night. I found it interesting that it was light to rule. And God wants light to rule all over your life. He doesn't want anything else to have dominion in your life. He wants light to rule in your life. And tonight, we're going to pray that there's a light that's released over your light over your life, that you can grab hold and everything that's foggy, every place we were veiled, that it would go, that it would move. The Holy Spirit wants us to be filled with light. I'm, I'm preaching to myself first here. He wants us to have a place, no place, no darkness. No darkness inside of us. And we continue sometimes in our, in our inability to grab hold of who God is. Ernie was a perfect example, right, of what's happening with, in his life just in that matter of love and trust. Right, but God wants to just, oh, and he'll use simple things. It doesn't need to be the Bible necessarily. Come on. There's experiences that the Lord wants us to experience that brings absolute light into our lives. Because when the light shines on something, we have a choice. See, when the light is shown on something, God's after it. 
How many times have I, come on, I'll just use me. How many times have I been in a place where God shines the light on it and I have a choice to make? Either I'm going to deal with it or I'm not going to deal. I'm going to just hide it under the, put it under the rug. And I'm telling you, the Lord wants to come on, bring everything to light so that we can actively approach what he's calling us to. He wants you to touch those places, right? So he made two great lights, one to rule the day. That's when all lights out, right? Come on, it's day right now. And one to rule the night. And so even when there's deep darkness, even when there's a lot of darkness, we actually sang about this today, that even when there's greater darkness over your life, that there's always light. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. Perfect love releases great light in your life. The ability to grab hold of it and live in it. See, in Christ, there was such a light. <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking, of, the first time I had an encounter with Jesus was light. It was someone, I was listening to a man's testimony who was living in deep darkness. I was about 12 years old and I was at a full gospel businessman's meeting. And this guy's name was Big Jim Tucker. And when I say Big Jim, this dude was big. They threw him in prison. They didn't know what to do with him. They sent him to the Marines. The Marines didn't know what to do with him. This guy was a mess. And God got on his light, on his life, and there was such great light. But I went into an encounter. I had a young man, young, a boy. And it was, bright, it was pure white light. It was Jesus revealing himself to me in pure white light. Why? Because he was after something. Who was he after? Me. I'm telling you, God can come to you, and it can be an illumination in the word. It can be an illumination in something that he just wants to stick his finger on in your life. I'm telling you, the spirit of holiness, when it showed up in the room... It brought light. It brought white light. It brought lightning. And lightning will penetrate and blow anything out. You see what it does to trees? I was down the beach working, and lightning hit the telephone pole. You know what it did? It hit it from the inside out. I have a photo. I wish I had it. We could put it up right now. It was burning from the middle out. How does the kingdom work? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is inside of you. This kingdom works from the inside out. What's being revealed on the outside is because the light on the inside, come on, you're looking really bright. the kingdom of light when it's inside of you and it begins to bring burst forth. How light is the light that's inside of us? This is the question I'm getting at because we want to, I want to be pure light. 
when I go out on the streets again, when I go tomorrow to work, when I go to different places, like if I just want a word for someone, right? And I don't, I do want it to, and I'm it, without erring on perfection. The Bible says this that if when I re read what He says over people's lives, they'll know it's prophecy. They'll know it's the Lord. When I begin to hear God's thoughts over people, it's not about moving in a gift, again, but it's about reading God's, what God has over you, over someone else, and the power of, of his declaration over every person that you come in contact with. But first of all, I need to hear what the declaration over my life is. Right? God's moving in such a way he wants to release such great light over you. What is he saying about you? What's his declaration over you? You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That you don't have to do anything to get my affirmation. You don't have to do anything to get my affection. I just want to be with you because I want to be with you. Sometimes when I'm driving with Josiah in the car, I can ask 50 questions. I'm not like his mother. I don't mean that. That means you're always making conversation. That doesn't mean it's not bad. I didn't mean that in derogatory. Don't take that like that. But him and I will have a few words, but we'll be together. And so sometimes just being is being. But sometimes we do. We need to have a conversation. And I can guarantee you that God wants to converse with you. See, I wish I was more like my wife because she's got all the questions. Really. She's able to pull. I'm just asking generals. You know, I'm asking general questions. And so the Holy Spirit wants to pull from you wants to pull from me, wants to, saying, what are you going to open up? Because there's a, there's a lock on every one of us. Are you hearing me? And I'm telling you, the Lord wants to open that up to put in great, great light. It's funny. Sometimes I can hear the Lord real clear. Sometimes I can't hear him at all. Most of the time I can hear him pretty well. But every now and then we go, come on, I flatline. I'm not hearing anything. How many like the flatline? Come on. I don't like it. But most of the time I'm hearing the Lord's voice pretty well. And so I just feel like he wants to open that up. He doesn't want it up and down. I don't feel like years ago I used to feel like, oh, it's a little up, down, up, down, up, down. Now I feel like it's pretty, come on, good. And the Lord wants to speak to us like this. He wants to reveal great light to us. How many want to hear his voice better? I really want to hear his voice more clear than I ever did. And so the, the Lord wants to release, and he will release great signs and wonders through us. Just what? Communing with him. Communing with light. See, I don't do ministry. I, do, I, I don't do ministry. I want to be. And whatever comes out of me is him. And you want that. And the Lord wants to live that way through you, whether you're up here or out there going to work every day, which I do both. 
And the, and the Father's really coming in in this place where he wants to release the kingdom in ways we haven't seen before, just through our inner man, the live, living waters. It was funny, I was, I was at a, we, were at a, we were in a prayer circle somewhere. And I'm holding and I'm praying with this woman next to me. I don't know at all. Actually, it was at the healing meetings with Jackie. And she turned to me at the end and she said, I don't want to let go. And I said, and this is not to boast, please. I said, why don't you want to let go? She goes, because I feel like I'm holding Jesus' hand. And I said, I almost cried. Because that's the best compliment anyone could ever give you, you know? That I felt like I was holding Jesus' hand. In the same manner, when we were praying for um, someone who had... 44 years of migraine headaches? She said, I was watching you minister and I just felt like I had to come up again. She says, when I saw you lay hands on people, I lo it looked just like Jesus would do. And again, I'm not saying these things to puff myself up. I'm saying them to say, these are the greatest things that people could say to you and it's not, you don't take the glory, come on, that like makes you feel like, I just want to crawl under a rock, you know, honestly. I just like, no. But then the Lord says this, he says, I want you to be confident. I, what, what are you asking for? What are we asking for? We're asking for the Lord to fill us with all his glory and his might, with counsel and might, with his presence, and to release great, great light through us. And so I'm going to end with just a little story. I've been reading the book of Enoch, sorry. This is not canon scripture, but I'm just going to go out there with this. Because really it's no different than what he saw, what John saw. And John saw, uh, John saw this picture in Revelation, right, of the throne. He saw the throne. He saw the light of God. He saw the throne of God and he saw a river flowing from it, didn't he? Well, the book of Enoch, Enoch had the, a similar revelation that he wrote down, they found. And he said he saw the throne as a crystal. It was a, it was a crystal throne. And the Lord's sitting on it because there's such brilliance and light. And I just, I don't know why, but the language in what Enoch wrote it just spoke volumes to me because I've read it in Ezekiel, I've read it in John, I've read it in different things. And so the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me about what the river was flowing from the throne. And when in the book of Enoch, he says this, that the crystal throne flowed from it a river of fire. And can I tell you tonight that the Lord wants to release a river of fire that's going to bring ultimate light to our lives tonight. See, I don't think we can handle the brightness of the glory of the throne. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. And I feel like it gets dumbed down to fire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I feel like God has to dumb down the fullness of his glory and what he wants to flow out of his church to just fire. And that fire, right? 
What does the Bible say about the lamp? Come on, the ten virgins, right? Five of them were wise. They had their lamps trimmed. And they were ready for the coming of the Lord. The other ones were asking to borrow oil. You don't want to be the one that's asking to borrow oil in the day of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that the, what's flowing from the throne of God, from the place where we want to be, the place where you and I want to live and be and flow out of, a daily visit with Him. Are you hearing me daily? I have to have it. It might be minute by minute daily. I'm getting to the point where, Lord, I can't get enough, and I can't get enough time, and I can't get enough time to be with you, so something's got to break. So, Lord, fill me with your glory and your presence so I can get through this day, and so I can go to the next day and meet the glory again. And come on, I, so I get up, and I look for the glory, and I go to bed, and I'm looking for the glory. I'm asking God, Lord, release fire and presence over my life. As I go to sleep, can't you just do something? Impartation, put the Bible on my forehead. Are you hearing me? Because church, we got to be so hungry for truth. And it's really this. It is this. And I put sweat on my Bible. It really is this. It's the truth of God coming inside of you and igniting. It's the truth. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do, but you need to come release that now. And we're going to go somewhere with it. So you got to, you got to, Come on. Becca had a dream. And it was pertinent to the ministry. So we're just going to, I'm going to let her give it, and then I'm just going to. You just want me to tell her about You can give whatever you think. Okay. <laughs> I'll be right behind you. All right. <laughs> so I, I think I had a dream about, like, I think it was, like, a week ago or two weeks ago. But in this dream, there were two bridges. Um, there was one bridge where, like, people could walk on it and um, there was water at the end of it. It like stopped at some certain point. But then there was this other bridge and there was cars traveling on it. Um, the weird thing about it was when I was seeing it, it was um, the cars were driving on the rails. So they weren't really driving on the pavement. They were driving on top of the rails. And I was watching them and they were like swerving in and out and I was like, what's going on. But then as I was going, I jumped into the water and Callie was in my dream. And so all of a sudden she saw this like well in the water and she started swimming towards it. And she's like, are you coming? And I was like, no, I'm too scared. I don't think I'm going to go. So she kept going towards the well. And so I was like, swimming, like treading water for a long time. And there was this guy on the shore and he's like, it's gonna be okay. And I was like, okay. And so the water level started lowering down and I started skidding on the rock and I woke up. But um, I shared it with Miles and Joe because I'm like, you know, I just dream these things. I don't know what they mean. I'm just like, God, I don't know what you're trying to explain to me. But um, Joe was telling me that with the rails, it was like, people going up to higher level. And so it wasn't them just walking like they were going up like further with God. And the well represented going deeper with God. And the fact that like me was staying and treading and not going for is kind of, God was like, okay, like you're gonna be okay if you go deeper. Like you don't have to worry. You don't have to stay to the shore. So, yeah. 
So that was another thing that I actually felt like I, the cars on the rails could be any of us if we choose. This is the, that was the part of the dream that I wanted to come in the in the water because we're going over a river, right? Over a body of water, and this this is what I'm saying. Listen, God wants to release us into a place where we are traveling. I want to go off the rail. <laughs> can I? Can we go off the rail in a good way? See, here's the thing. I feel like. God loves order. We don't want to do anything out of order. But I want to be abandoned to him in such a way that I'll travel on the rail. I will fly off the rail. I'll do whatever it takes to get in the river. And that river is, I just feel like the Lord wants to release that fire that comes from the center, from God's nerve center, the crystal throne. He wants to release that tonight to you. And so we don't get spooked by prophetic interpretation of dreams, do we? Because I believe God, it was funny, I learned, I was looking at Lou Engle's stuff today, and he said, the church needs to grow up on the, on the part of dreams because it's very significant in the last days. And I believe that. I believe we can have pizza dreams. Come on. I believe that. I believe I can have, you know, Dream of stones because I work with stones too much. You understand? But I believe that, you know, some people, they dream in ways that we, we really receive something and an interpretation. I believe Becca's dream was significant in the fact that you, first of all, she was in there and it was something that was a message for her, but it is for the body. What was it? What was it the person said from the shore? It's going to be okay. See, it's going to be okay. The Lord's going to release something to us, and it's going to be okay. But we have to let down something that's holding us back from the river and crossing the river. And there's, a, there's something that locks us outside of the place that we're going and it may be an intricate lock. And that intricate lock that holds us back is not something that's holding us back, but God wants to release mysteries so that we know how to unlock those things. And those only come from the deep places of God. Because someone else in the church had a dream about a river and, the, and the intricate locks that were holding them from going to the other side. And it just came together. See, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Can I say that again? It's going to be okay if we just give our lives, if I give myself completely to the cause. <laughs> I hate that word. If I give myself completely over to God's plan and purpose right now, I'm telling you everything's going to be okay. He's going to unlock mysteries so that we can go through. So Tori, will you help me? I know everyone in here wants to be filled with greater light. 
I know that. That's not even a question in my mind. I want greater light. You want greater light. You don't want anything holding you back from the light. And can I tell you, sometimes we have things that come into our lives that try and railroad us and put us in a different way to move us away from the light that we're pursuing. And I'm telling you tonight that the Lord wants to release a greater understanding to that. But mostly, He wants to meet you. And I'm going to just, again, we do this a lot. I just open this place up. And some people come forward. But you know what? Can I tell you, last week, I just heard the voice of the Lord. It was crazy. Lady came up with a diagnosis from Hep C, and I got, we got a, a note on Tuesday. I, the only thing I heard was it's, it was a misdiagnosis. I heard it just like that. Just misdiagnosis. Whether it was Hep C and she got healed, it doesn't matter, does it? Because she was like, I don't, Hep C, I don't, this will be like lifelong, I'll never get rid of it. I said, I heard the Lord three times. Three times the Lord said, misdiagnosis. And she sent me a message Tuesday. She goes, it's just like you said, misdiagnosis. And it was weird because it was not one of those maybe the Lord said. I just heard it. And so I'm just going to encourage you tonight to just give yourself over. It's going to be okay. Can I just encourage you with it's going to be okay? And I'm not saying everyone's in a, in a this is not about being in a bad place going to a good place. This is not what this is about. This is about moving into greater light than you've ever experienced before. Because I believe that there's a, th a throne that the Lord is opening up to us that's releasing the fire. Yes, he has to dumb it down to fire. A river of fire. And you and I would think, no. But I know me, and I've been hit by the glory of God. And when it hits me and it hits me like a fire, I can't take it. And so what I want you to do is come up here with expectation that God's going to flood you with light. That's all. And it is. It's about impartation tonight a bit. But I believe that the Lord is going to do something supernatural. Something that you can't control. <laughs> something you don't want to control. And when His presence comes, because every one of, every one of us is Becca is Callie swimming in the river and God's just saying come on come in a little further I'm going to bring you into that place and I'm going to unlock the mysteries in your heart because we, it is about unlocking the mysteries of God but he's trying to unlock something in us and I'm telling you the best way to get through a hard lock is molten fire. <laughs> we don't understand it. I can't even understand what God does in the anointing. If I did, I'd write a book. 
Maybe not. So let's just, just stand with me. Father, I thank you that there's mysteries that you want us to unlock. There's fresh new things, Father. We thank you for the light and the glory in the Father being released over us tonight. Lord, I, snap, I snap us out of any type of place where we're sleeping. We don't want to be like the disciples on the side of the mountain. You take us to a high place and we're sleeping. Lord, we go into the high place and we have our eyes open wide. We're completely awakened. And Lord, I'm asking for, for a fullness of your glory to come tonight that we'd be able to grab hold and just give ourselves to the river of God. That there'd be nothing that would hold us back from what you're about to do. And in these moments where we're trying to figure things out in our minds, Lord, help us to shut our minds down. And Lord, we grab hold of you. Lord, we want to be more and more effective in every part of our lives. As husbands, as wives, as brothers, as sisters. Lord, help us to be more effective 